you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Good morning, Compassion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Amen. We're sure glad you're here. Welcome and to our first-time guests. I hope that I'm speaking this into existence. Welcome home. Amen. I want you to be in prayer for Dawn and Eddie as they take this journey. Uh, they are our missionaries, and I, and I want to say that to you again. They are our missionaries here at Compassion Church and please be in prayer for them, but also they need your financial support. So I'd ask you that you may never go to the mission field. You may never uh, step foot on another soul to spread the gospel, but you can be a part of the work that God is doing through Eddie and through uh, Dawn. And I'm telling you, uh, they are called because this last trip, I think Eddie got cut up everywhere. He got heat exhaustion. He got it all. And I said, you, you still want to go? And he's like, yeah, in fact, if you ever talk to him about him or her for about five minutes about the mission field, they will start crying and weeping because that is a passion that is burning inside of them. Amen. So good to see you guys. Had a wonderful Easter last weekend. I want to let you know that we had 1328 last weekend for Easter. 1328, praise God. But even greater than that, we had 47 uh, either saved or rededicated to Christ. Amen. And uh, I wish this week I could have taken off, but we have had a busy, busy week. For some of you, you probably already know, I am a grandpa now. This is my little baby granddaughter right here, Miss Charlie Lane. I've told her parents they have already shoehorned them in uh, to become a country singer. You, you can't call a child Charlie Lane and I expect to be a country singer. And uh, she's beautiful. She's gorgeous. She looks way better than any of your kids. <laughs> and um, it's been a long week. Uh, the morning after Charlie was born, uh, Charlie had to be taken over to Children's Hospital, uh, uh, possibly for heart surgery. So if y'all would be in prayer for her, they're still assessing her right now. And uh, we're believing that God's going to touch her heart. Me and Laura with her yesterday. And uh, uh, they have taken her off the medication that they had her on. And she's, she's doing good. Her oxygen levels are high, uh, normal. And we're believing that's going to continue to go. And we're believing for that. And um, so just, just be in prayer for little Charlie. And um, we're believing she's going to be okay. And God's already got her. And God's going to touch her. Be in prayer for, for mom and for dad be lifting them up in prayers if you saw my son's post uh, my son said something uh, I don't think anybody could have put it any better uh, he said Charlie has a little extra swag and uh, she does uh, Charlie was born with Down syndrome and uh, he said that because a child with Down syndrome has an extra chromosome and he says my daughter has a little extra swag and uh, so be in prayer for them and uh, for their journey that is up, that is coming, be in prayer that uh, her heart's going to be fine and that it's going to heal. 
And they, we're praying she, they don't have to do surgery. They're praying, we're praying she didn't have to do surgery and that she's going to be all right. And, uh, but this is my beautiful little granddaughter, and I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head back tomorrow. And I like you guys, but I love her a whole bunch better. So I'm going to head back down to Oklahoma City to be my granddaughter and be with my son. Thank y'all. I've been a little sick this week too, so forgive me. Uh, I thought that a child being born, going to the hospital wasn't enough, so I decided to get sick. And uh, just thought I needed a little extra. And uh, so that's why I've got this chair up here. Someone at the last campus said to me, he said, uh, what you going to lay down for us today? I said, probably me. I'm probably going to lay down. But last week I left you on the seashore. Peter has just been reinstated, restored. God's forgiven him. And we left Peter there, and probably some of you would wonder what happened to Peter. Where'd he go from there? I've always had this image because this story is very dear to my heart. I've always had this image of Peter walking off the shore and leaving the footprints in the sand. And if I were to follow the footprints, where would, the, where would they lead me to? What about the life of Peter? What happened to Peter? The one who denied Christ three times but on the seashore <clears throat> was restored. Today I want to share with you what we learned from the life of Peter. I'm going to read out of two passages today. I don't normally do that, but I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. John chapter 21, verse 19. And it says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were cast in a net into the lake, for they were, I want you to hear that word, were. Uh, there are some of you that you were something before you met God, but it wasn't always good. You were something before your encounter with Jesus, but sometimes it's something you don't want to talk about. You, you were something before he got a hold of your life. But now you something else. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once Jesus left, at, that, at once they left their nets and followed him. Now go over to John chapter 29, verse 19. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And he said to him, follow me. Remember that, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciples whom Jesus loved was following them. Do you know you're never alone in this journey? You're never by yourself. There are others that are following you in the path that God has laid out for you. 
Peter turned and saw the disciples whom Jesus loved were following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? Listen to this. You must follow me. Lord, we thank you for the words that we're about to receive. Lord, I pray that every heart and every mind to be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And Lord, let not one, not one, leave this house the same way that they came. But let them be blessed by your word and by your presence. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, amen and amen. We find in these two passages that, well, they're very similar. We, we find in these two passages that Jesus, in essence, both times to Peter, is actually sharing three of the same things. And, and we find in these passages something that I want to share with you today. If we could go back in time and, and have a conversation with Peter, what would he say to us about life? See, Peter, well, you, you have to know Peter. Peter was a fisherman. Now, we have this idea that Peter had this little fishing boat and all of that. Peter actually owned a fishing business. He had partners in the business, brothers and others. and It wasn't just a little business. And What you have to understand is about fishermen. They were kind of vulgar. They were men's men. That's how fishermen are, right, Brian? You know, they were kind of sailor talk. They were kind of the kind that, you know, uh, probably if you walk by a, uh, a work site or something, they whistle and people walk by. And that's the kind of guys fishermen were. They were rough guys. But yet, on that day on the seashore, when Jesus found him and called him and told him to follow him, Peter's life was changed forever. Peter's old ways was gone. Peter, who used to be that vulgar, rough, tough type man's man, God got a hold of him and changed him. Now, let me say this. It didn't mean that some of the old residue wasn't there. When I got saved, Jesus changed my life. But I can't tell you that I didn't have some of the old residue, some of the old ways. But I saw a shirt recently that said, I, said, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. I thought that is so <coughs> wrong. So true for some of you, but so wrong. And that's how some of us are. We, we, we love Jesus, but we still got little issues in our life. And we see pre the second time Jesus finds him on the seashore that we find out that from uh, Peter that he still has some of his old ways inside of him. In this passage, what I want to do is see, show you the correlation of the three things that we learn from the life of Peter. And if we were to go back and ask Peter, this is probably what Peter would say. Number one, Peter would say to us, there is a path you must determine to walk and you won't walk it alone. There is a path you must determine to walk, but you won't walk it alone. In Matthew 4 and 19, he says, come, follow me. Well, gee, I, Pastor, I don't know my path. I don't know what path God has laid for me. See, let, let me tell you the path that God has laid for you. It's very simple. Listen, if I want to go somewhere this day and time, I have a GPS. 
fact, the other day we got in the car. We were coming back home from somewhere. As we're coming back home, I put on the GPS. Laura goes, did you really just turn on the GPS? You know where you're going. I said, shut up, woman. Nobody asked you. And if y'all believe that for one second, y'all are easily deceived. Because you see no black eyes right here. I was about to say something, but I didn't. I was about to say, I didn't get Will Smith slapped, but I shouldn't have said that. I didn't say that, though. I know that was wrong. Randy told me to say it. Randy said, put this in your sermon, Pastor. It's good. And I thought to myself, and the sad thing is, is I did it yesterday. I was coming back from Tulsa. I had to teach in Tulsa. and I, Tulsa. Shut up, woman. No, that wasn't my wife. That was my daughter. I see my daughter. I tell her to shut up all, all day long. Ain't that right, Todd? She deserves to be told to shut up. I said Tulsa. I put an extra T in there. It makes her mad. She gets mad every time. Tulsa. Does that make you feel better, Tulsa? And I get in the car, and on my way back, I know the way to get home, and I put in the address to get home, and I'm like, what am I doing? See, we need to realize in life we need a GPS. We need something that will guide and direct us. See, what you need to realize is the path that God lays for you, he won't show you the whole path. The path that God puts in front of you doesn't mean he'll give you a road map and say, here, this is everything that will happen along the journey of your life. God doesn't do that. In fact, if God would do that, I, I have to admit there is one secular song I like. I'm, I'm not big into secular music. All I most time listen to is Christian music. And, and I'm not really a country fan. Don't hate me. I know some of you will hate me, but I'm not a big country fan. But I do like the song, The Dance by Garth Brooks. I do like that song. If there's anything right below Christian music, it's right there. It's right there. It's about to cross over to, to be in a heavenly experience. But I love that song. The reason I love this song is the meaning behind it. If, if I would have known what would have happened, I, in fact, I listened to the song last night in preparation for the sermon today. If I would have known what would have happened, I may not would have danced. See, for us, what we need to realize is, is the path that God takes us down. He would not always tell us every part of the trip, but what we've got to realize is, is that if we will follow Jesus, he will show us the path. Amen. How do I follow Jesus? You pray. Uh, three simple things I said to you all the time. Here's the three simple ways that you follow God in your life. You get on your knees in prayer, you get your face in the Bible and the Word of God, and you put your arms up in praise toward God. Those are the three ways that you follow God. You get on your knees and you pray every day. And listen, in your prayer time, can I say something to you? You shouldn't be doing all the talking. Now listen, I'm not saying God's going to talk to you in an audible voice. In fact, let me be honest with you right now. If you come to me and tell me today that God talks to you in an audible voice, I'm probably going to think you a little cray-cray. But I do believe God is still speaking today. He speaks in my spirit. He speaks in my mind. He speaks in my heart. I hear him speak all the time. And listen, I get it from prayer. And when I pray and I get on my knees before God and I seek the Lord, can I tell you today that it's not just a one-sided conversation. It's me talking, but it's also me listening. That I open the word of God because when I open the word of God and I listen, I can hear God speaking even through his word. God is speaking to me. I spend time in praise. Because praise is not about me, it's all about him. Praise isn't what's going on in my life, it's about what's going on in 
God's life. It isn't about what God's doing for me. It's about what God's already done for me. Listen, praise is about me saying, God, this isn't about me right now. This is all about you, and I give you the praise you so deserve. When times are bad, can I tell you right now, it's hard to praise sometimes. But I still praise him. I still glorify his name. I still lift up my voice and my hands toward heaven and say, Lord, in the good times, I praise you and I thank you for it. In the bad times, I praise you and I thank you for it. Because, God, I know that you're with me along the journey. Lord, the path you set before me is perfect. Can I say that to you today, that the path that my God has set before you, it is perfect. Even when you're on the mountains, that's wonderful. But when you go through the valleys, it's still part of God's plan for you. When everything is going your way and everything is happening for you, praise God. But when there's an enemy that sees me knocking at your door and trying to beat you down, you still praise God because God knows that even when the enemy's coming, he's more powerful and the enemy will not overcome. He can scream and he can shout and get as loud as he wants to, but yet God is still in control and God has already defeated the enemy in your life. See, he says to Peter, I'll tell you the way you follow my path, you follow me. When I move, you move. When I tell you to do something, you do it. When I stop, you stop. See, if we are in tune with God through the power of the Holy Spirit, we know the path that God has laid for us and we follow that path. Number two, there is a purpose you were designed to fulfill. See, if God has you on a path, then that path is taking you somewhere. And that path is to a purpose. Right here it says in Matthew 4, 19, and I will send you out to fish for people. I will send you out to fish for people. Now listen to John 21. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He goes on, he says, yes, Lord, you know. He said, Jesus said, feed my lambs. At the beginning, when he called Peter, he said, Peter, I've called you to be a fisher of fish. I mean, fisher of men, not a fisher of men. Now we find him, not a fisher of fish. Now we find him on the shore, and he says, now you're called to do what? You're called to feed my lambs. Peter, i got a plan for your life. It is bigger than you, greater than what you ever imagined. It was never about you fishing for fish. It was all about, always about you fishing for men. See, that tells you right there, God will use your God-given talent, amen? God will give you your God-given talent to use and God's kingdom. I thought for sure God had called me to be a model for the kingdom of God. It didn't work out. It didn't work out. I, they, they were just jealous. I made them look bad. See, God will use your, your, your many times that talent you have in the world to, to begin to use it. God said, you know how to catch fish, Peter. You know where they're at, Peter. You know how to, to stroll for them. You know how to look for them. You know, you know what to do on the lake. God says, I'm going to use that same talent in your life. You'll find the lost. You'll find those that need to hear Jesus. you go right where all of them are. Peter, you know what to do. But he said, Peter, it's not just about you being a fish for me. He said, I'm going to also help you to feed my lambs and feed my sheep. God's got a purpose for your life. It is bigger than you. And I'm here to tell you the greatest, greatest lie of the enemy is that you don't matter. 
The greatest lie of the enemy is, is that you'll never amount to anything. The greatest lie of the enemy is, is that you're just aimlessly walking throughout this world without a plan. I am telling you, that is a lie straight from the pits of hell. Every one of you sitting in this service today, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. I don't know what Charlie Lane's is going to be, but I know it's going to be great. I can't wait to, to see God lead and guide her to a great, wonderful purpose. If it's a country singer, then so let it be. I'll somehow find a way to like country music. I'll figure it out. But I'm telling you, God's got a plan for her life. That's what I said to my son last night. I told him, my son, I am so proud of you too. You're going to be great parents. And I said, God, listen, can I tell you this? Any journey you take, listen, God is not bound by time. Every journey you take, God has already gone into the future, walked the path. He's put everything in place, laid everything out. He's already, he knows where the traps are. He knows where the speed bumps are. God is already going in the future in front of each and every one of you. And then in his love and his infinite wisdom, he walks back in time, puts his arm around you and said, all right, let's go. If you'll stay with me, stick with me. Let me be beside you. I'll show you where the pitfalls are. I'll show you where the holes are. I'll show you where the good times are and I'll prepare you for the journey. The last thing is this. I think Peter would share with us today there are parts that you will have to decide to leave and trust God with. There are parts that you will have to leave and trust God with. Matthew 4.20 said, at once they left their nets and followed him. Everything they'd ever known, everything they'd ever done, in one instance, in one moment, they met Jesus and they walked away from it. I prepared my life. I wanted to be a North Carolina state trooper. If you can't beat him, join him. That's what I wanted to do. I still have images of me today driving down the road in a police car shooting out the window. I don't know why I was shooting. I was just shooting. Pow, 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 pow. And I can't even shoot a gun. I was horrible. But God changed my life. In John 21, he says this. When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what, happened? what about him? See, Peter's still struggling with the same thing he struggled with in the past. I love Jesus' reaction. If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? In other words, let me tell you what he was saying. Peter, you're worried about things that don't matter. Peter, you're worried about things that have nothing to do with you. Peter, your, your problem in the past is that you're worried. See, Peter was a hothead. I used to be a hothead. Peter was a hothead. It came, if it came from his mind, it came out his mouth. He was just that type of guy. Remember, Peter's the one that cut off the ear of the soldier. Peter's the one that said, Jesus, no, I won't ever deny you. Peter's the one that told Jesus when Jesus said he was going to die. He said, no, I'm, you're not going to die. And Jesus had to say to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. That's not you talking, Peter. That's Satan. So one last time he addresses something with Peter. He said, Peter, first I want you to know you got a path. And that path means you have to follow me. Peter, you got a purpose. You're going to feed my sheep and you're going to catch my fish. 
He said, third thing, Peter, and I need you to understand this. Along this path to the purpose that I have for you, you've got to decide in your heart to stop worrying about things that don't matter. You've got to let it go, and you've got to trust me. I'm saying to some of you today, you've got to let it go. You've got to trust God. Listen, this week probably is not the way I would like to turn out some. I like to have my grandbaby here with me today in my arms, not sitting in the hospital. I like not to be sick today, not feel bad. But it did not stop me from walking on this stage and preaching the gospel. I wish today that my son and his daughter, or his wife, had their baby at home. That's what I wish. But this I do promise you. Even through all of that, I will not stop praising my God. For he is deserving of my praise. There are things in this world, even this right here. I'm a fixer. My wife will tell you that. But I can't fix this. But my God can. I have to trust him with it. I want you to stand with me today. I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. I want to ask you a question today. Are you struggling with following God? You're a believer. You love Jesus. He's the Lord of your life. But say, Pastor, I don't always follow him. I know that some of the paths that I've taken have not been the paths that he has for me. If that's you today, I just want you to raise your hand. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised. I pray today, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would forgive them for not trusting you, for not following you. But Lord, I pray today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, you would be with them, guide and direct them, and let them follow you wherever you may lead them and guide them. Lord, let them trust you and believe in you as they follow your plan and your purpose. One last question. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want you to know he loves you this morning. He doesn't care about your past. He doesn't care what you've done. He just cares about your day and your tomorrow. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, all you have to do today is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that he is the son of the living God, died on a cross for you, rose on the third day. And with your mouth confess him, Lord, of your life, and you shall be saved. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you like to invite him into your life, I want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody? Amen. Is there anybody else? I've had one raise their hand. Give God praise. I want everyone, not just the one to raise their hand. I want everyone to say this prayer with me. As a new name has been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Say, dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent. And I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise today. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, Compassion